The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. That time right now, 814. Again, you're tuned to WGNS Radio. And today, Tuesday, the 31st of January, wrapping up the very first month of the brand new year. City Manager Craig Tyndall for the City of Murfreesboro is in studio with us. How are you this morning? Good. Uh, it's chilly out. It is. that, good. It's a little cold out there, especially compared to yesterday. It felt a little warmer yesterday, I think. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. We're due ice storms here um, this evening and tomorrow morning, so I want everybody to be careful with those. Yeah, I saw the county. They canceled some... Uh, I believe it was a county in-school session or, or what was it, the uh, in-training session or whatever oh, it's called where the yeah. teachers come in. Right. Uh, but, yeah, they even canceled that for the teachers today. Kids were already out today for the county, but, man, so it, it yeah. is expected to be pretty icy. Yeah, yeah, you want to be careful driving. Definitely. Have you had a chance to go out there to check out that new indoor soccer arena for Murfreesboro? Uh, well, I've been out there several times. I, I haven't been out there in the last few weeks, uh, but it's about uh, it's about to wrap up as far as the construction is concerned and uh, be put into use. So it's exciting. It's a big it's a big facility. Once you get inside of it, you you realize how how much it takes to cover an entire soccer field. But it's going to be ready to go here here shortly it's so cool i mean to yeah. be able to have that and offer that to local students and adult rec leagues i mean just it, it's a neat thing to have and i don't know of any other city nearby that has something like it uh, i'm not familiar with any other city either but uh it, it, it there is a lot of interest for the use of that of that facility with uh regional sports um, we do get a lot of calls, a lot of interest, in, in particularly this time of year, obviously, uh, when it's much more comfortable to play indoors and play outdoors. Uh, so that's that. And uh, our fields, changing those to turf, uh, allows us to play somewhere about five times more than we could play on uh, natural ga- grass. And the cool thing about sports, it brings in a lot of people every year. I mean, from TSSAA events to football games at MTSU. I mean, you're bringing in folks from all over whenever you have sports events. Yeah, a couple of years ago, we partnered with uh, TSSA, uh, Tennessee State Soccer Association. They've done a tremendous job in bringing uh, tournaments, uh, regional and, and even national tournaments are, are bid on by different organizations. And um, TSSA has done, done a really good job with that. And we've had a tremendous amount of of uh, visitors that have come in just to use that facility. I think they're all very impressed by the facility right now. We have a bid out uh, about to open for new scoreboards to go out there. Um, so there's a few there's a few more things to to do out there to enhance that facility, but it gets used very well. And, of course, not that there's anything wrong with professional league sports, but when it comes to things like minor league baseball for kids, mm-hmm. junior pro, all that stuff, you're bringing in entire families you know it's not just a crowd that comes there specifically for a football game it's families coming together 
Right. That type of activity, it's it's accessible from a cost standpoint for a lot of families to come out, even to come out for some of the uh, uh, minor league and semi-pro, uh, which you still see excellent play. Uh, so there's a lot of good games. And so it does bring people together. They're, they're close to the athletes. Uh, it's a good introduction to the sports for young kids when they see people out there who can play like uh, – those individuals can play so it's it's really a good it's a great amenity for families and sports uh for tourism uh there's a lot of benefits that come from the uh the fields out there that i don't think people are even aware of and speaking of sports i know not too long ago there was a big announcement about a new sports venue planning to build and open in murfreesboro on northwest broad street near 840 And the talks of that have really died down a lot because I think some things went south in Arizona where they built their first massive sports location, if you would, that had multiple baseball fields, football fields, soccer fields, and I could go on and on. Right. There's uh, about 250 acres that they constructed in Mesa, Arizona, just outside of Phoenix. Uh, they did a very good job. It's a, it's a great facility. It uh, gets a lot of use. Their financial projections for lots of different reasons, some of which related to the pandemic and uh, what that did to travel teams that they counted on coming in that uh, was less than what they had estimated. So right now they've retreated and uh, they selected Murfreesboro after looking at a lot of different facilities. And so we announced the selection. Um, they, hadn't, they hadn't purchased a land at that point in time and uh but they were they were undergoing some plans and then um uh, they they took a look at uh, the results of their first year in arizona and decided that it was good to retreat a little bit and get that into good financial shape and uh, and then perhaps come back and uh, hopefully uh, uh, regroup and uh, be able to to construct another one of those facilities in the future. I I know we briefly talked about Legacy Sports last time you were on the air, but at this point, are they officially withdrawing that proposal to build in Murfreesboro, or is it still a signed contract that could still move forward? Well, we didn't have uh, any contract with them. The only contract there would have been was for the the land purchase, and that was private land. Uh, It wasn't city land. So uh, that would be a question, obviously, for the private landowners uh, who were were selling that and for Legacy Sports. Um, But from from our standpoint, we uh, were looking very closely at the road work that needed to be done out there, given the estimates of the people who would visit uh, that facility. And uh, put together some pretty good planning, working with uh, T. Dot, who is who's been works with Murfreesboro very well. Uh, we really appreciate all of what T. Dot does for Murfreesboro uh, because it's it's off of 840 and the exit off of 840 was very important to that facility. And then uh, Broad Street is a state highway, so obviously T. Dot had to be very involved in that. We got some preliminary plans and some good ideas and some designs out there that really fit. Uh, but um, the facility itself and the design, uh, which they were actively working on, um, we haven't uh, shut the door for them. It's really the private entity that needs to come back. And if, when they're ready to go, uh, we can uh, regroup. And our plans have been laid aside waiting for, for some response from, uh, from Legacy Group. We're kind of following the situation. And so we'll see. We'll see how it works out for them. They'll have to... Um, weather, weather the storm in their initial opening. It's a, it's a heavy lift. When you go out and see a facility like that, you understand that uh, the amount of 
effort and time and 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 money uh, to go into the type of facilities they have out there is is uh, pretty 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 big lift. And so they'll need to to work through some of the things out there before they can come back and do other facilities. They so were looking at us. They were looking at a facility outside of Dallas in McKinney, Texas. Um, and uh, both those that right now are on hold until uh, Mesa gets uh, their Mesa facility gets in order. Again, with us this morning, Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall. And if you have any questions for him, feel free to text those in now at 615-893-1450. Another big item that there is a lot of talk about is that of a place called Notes Live. And look at me. I've got my cell phone turned on during a radio show. I, you know, you, Glad it wasn't mine. I know. You always tell guests, make sure you turn your cell phone off before you go on the air. Then I'm the one that actually leaves it on. So anyway, Notes Live. That's something else that's been talked about a lot lately. And the idea of them building a concert venue on Medical Center Parkway. Right. And and um, they have closed on the land. They're They're working towards uh, their design in that facility um, and I think uh, everybody's really excited for that to to get going I know they are uh, they're very committed uh, into the the project themselves I think what we'll find on a lot of the larger projects including uh, perhaps that one and some of the other developments that are planned in the city is uh, a bit of a slowdown because of financing um, our our national banking system the federal reserve is has uh, started to put a lot of pressure on uh, reserve requirements and holding money and not putting out loans and so all those type of facilities do take quite a bit of financing uh to get going and you know when the when the banks pull back um projects get slowed down a bit we're seeing a lot of changes in the home market for sure. Real estate right. mortgage rates have gone up a lot. I know at the beginning of January of 2022, rates were around, you know, two and a half to three percent. Then by the end of 2022, they were on up there to 6.25 percent. Right. Now right. maybe even slightly higher. Yeah, yeah. So rates go up, and then there's a downward pressure on prices, and you'll see some of that in uh, reflected in in how homes are valued. Uh, and for us, that re- that reflects potentially in, in our uh, tax revenues. Uh, and so we have to be cautious and cognizant of that. We don't do a revaluation every year, uh, but um, uh, and, we, and the city doesn't do it at all. Uh, our tax assessor does it. Rob Mitchell, he does a very good job with that. Uh, but that's that's always a concern. We have to watch things. Uh, the national economy is something that we are, it's budget time. And so... Uh, while we watch and monitor what's going on nationally and in the economy all the time, uh, around budget time we get we get very uh, deep into what we're seeing. Uh, budgets are predictions; uh, they're projections of what what's going to happen over the next. Well, it's really over the next 18 months because uh, our budget doesn't go into effect until June. We start planning in January um, to finish out our budget that's in place now, and then to put the new budget in. So we watch things very carefully because we do have to make projections and make our adjustments as we go through there, uh, the rest of the budget year. And, of course, when talking about budgeting, the whole talk of roadways and road construction and the future transportation plan comes into play. And I, I know two new bridges are proposed, and, uh, I don't know, construction may soon begin. One going across 
uh, I-24. Right. And that one will go from Rutherford Boulevard to Warrior Drive. Then you have another one that's going to be out there close to the new Costco and then the Armory. And then also out there is that uh, RV dealership. And that road there, I guess it's called BZ Road. BZ Road. Going to go all the way to... uh, It'll what, go the across the river. river. Yeah. yeah, it'll go across the river and connect uh, uh, with um, River it's, Rock on the other side uh, of the river. So that that bridge is going in. That bridge is over over the river. So that's uh, it's a little bit easier to bridge. You don't have to bridge an entire interstate. Uh, that's that's a, a, a real effort to, and, and <clears throat> quite a few years to plan and get that uh, bridge over I twenty four done. That's so that so that's in the work. Um, the other thing that we're looking at along those lines is uh, we're working towards Cherry Lane and the Cherry Lane uh, interchange off of uh, 840. So those projects are very large projects, uh, and so those are actively being worked now, and uh, we're looking for uh, for those to be started over the next few years. Uh, these kind of projects do take a while when you're talking about bridging an interstate or uh, interchange interstate interchange you have to work closely with tdot and like i said tdot's been very good for murfreesboro uh they've put a lot of attention they understand our growth and what that does for traffic and they've worked very well with us so far and with new roads kind of like whenever a new school is built neighborhoods often follow but with new roads especially in that area of warrior drive and where that rv dealership is you're going to see a lot of new businesses coming that direction, I'd say, real soon, too. I think so. It's it's all private development back in, in there, and I know that it, they're actively marketing that, that land. Uh, there'll be a lot of traffic in there. It'll be a lot easier to get in and out. The bridge o- over to BZ Lane will help some of the traffic uh, in that area to help move that along. The bridge over I-24 will do a tremendous amount. Uh, to help the traffic on uh, the other roadways, the other state highways across the interstate right now. So all of that works together in a, in a large plan. We have uh, our traffic plan, um, which goes out to 2020 or 2040, rather. Um, and we're, we're always looking ahead. We're always trying to plan ahead. Because you don't, you don't build a road with the cost that's involved in, in a short period of time. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of years to to get it done again city manager craig tyndall on the air with us this morning if you have any questions for him text them to us at 615-893-1450 and we'll try to get your question answered now one item that did come up is the area called the bottoms and if we look out the back window at the station here we can see that area how is the whole design the layout and uh the future what does it look like for that whole area known as the bottoms where for example shoney's used to be and this is the area we're talking about where cannonsburg village is today and we're looking at uh several things in the future of of that area uh we are actively uh planning a park that will uh, run alongside broad street that will daylight uh, town creek that's Right now, underneath the roadway there, uh, um, I forget the name of the roadway, but uh, opening that up and making that into a water feature in a park at Front Broad Street, I think that'll uh, improve the area quite significantly. And then working with the private landowners back in there, we, we are redoing Front Street that goes into that area off of Broad, right in front of Cannonsburg. Uh, that intersection there, uh, we're going to do quite a bit of work on that. 
to improve uh, traffic flow that will go back in there, some streetscape, uh, and look at Cannonsburg itself and what we can do in that area uh, to help uh, generate a lot of interest in, in rehabilitation of that area. And daylighting Town Creek. Uh, daylighting creeks like that that were put underground in culverts years ago, probably in the 50s, if not late 40s, that's being done really all over the country. We're seeing more and more projects like that where they're uh, digging back up, if you would, these old creeks. But it really adds a nice touch to downtown areas to have a nice stream flowing through you know, the downtown, well, not near the, in the downtown square, right. but close to the downtown square. Yeah, water can be uh, a tremendous amenity to people that are visiting an area. People have always liked water. We're, we're drawn to water and water features. And uh, if you have a natural feature, uh, using that to the greatest benefit is important, particularly when you're talking about rehabilitating an area. Back in, in the times where they value that perhaps a little bit less over other type of development, but now it's time... I think to, if we're going to improve that area back in there to really start to do and invest quite a bit into turning that around so that in, in you know, a bit of time when our economy starts to see another upswing, that uh, the area is ready to go. Well, you know, you look at places like in Texas, I believe it's San Antonio that has the downtown river walk. And when you hear they have a downtown river walk surrounded by shopping areas and, and, and also history, right. it's not a real big river. You know, you may hear that and think, well, it's got to be the size of the Cumberland River. But no, <laughs> it's it's more like the size of Stones River or Lytle Creek even. Right. And that's what we're going to have downtown Murfreesboro, a small creek similar probably to what you do see in San Antonio along their river walk. Yeah, if you've been to Huntsville, we were in Huntsville about a year ago, and Big Spring in Huntsville, they've, they opened up and created a, a beautiful park. Now, that's, that's relatively large, and they have a large, large park in there, so we're not trying to replicate that just because we, you know, we don't have that. Not going to uh, build the Mississippi River here or anything crazy. Yeah, but uh, so, so Big Spring, as it comes out in the middle of Huntsburg, right in, in downtown is, or Huntsburg, Huntsville, uh, downtown is, uh, is not, not that big. Uh, but it's they've turned it into a really nice water feature and a really amenity for the downtown visitors and something along those lines uh, on a smaller scale is is really what we're looking at and of course that creek town creek it kind of starts over there behind the discovery center there's a natural spring back there Mm -hmm. and then it flows through what they call the murphy spring wetland area and then eventually well, I guess originally there was a KFC there that was torn down, but that's going to be all unearthed right there, which is going to be the where, where the creek starts, Town Creek. And then it's going to go all along downtown and to Lytle Creek behind Cannonsburg. But I know one of the questions that has come up is with that Murphy Spring wetland area. What's going to happen with that? Because right now it's shut down. I don't, I don't know if it's temporarily shut down or if that's a permanent thing. Well, right now the walkway uh, back into Murphy Spring and the uh, the wetland areas back in there is shut down for repairs. Uh, I can't remember exactly. I think it was built maybe late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and I believe it was a Corps engineer uh, that we worked with that, that actually built that. But uh, it's a wooden structure, and so after time, they need to be repaired. And that's what it's under right now. It's it's under repair. It will be reopened. Uh, and the wet, the wetlands will stay there. We're not going to do anything with the wetlands. Um, uh, uh, TDEC's pretty protective of wetlands as they should be. 
So the uh, creek does flow out of the wetlands. The city has the southwest or uh, southeast, I'm sorry, southeast corner of uh, Church and Broad Street. That'll be part of uh, the redevelopment of that area. So that'll be opened up in a, in a park area. And then on the other side of Broad, where the linear park will start all the way down to uh, Front Street. Well, almost to Front Street. There's still a business there. And I know that wetland area in particular, that, that didn't used to be a wetland or a swamp, whatever you'd like to call it. I, I guess it became one years ago as maybe the flooding started in the 1950s when business started developing in downtown Murfreesboro. Yeah, I wasn't around then, but uh, <laughs> my understanding is that that whole bottoms area was uh, pretty low-lying land, and at some point as it gets redeveloped, the water courses will change a bit and uh, wetlands will be developed. I, I would imagine it was probably a natural depression and pro- probably some pretty low land in there. Uh, and then as development uh, occurred and you channel things like uh, creeks into, into culverts and cover them up, then you know it restricts the water flow and it backs it up a bit and you'll have a natural uh over time develop into a natural wetland and that's what we have now so so right now i'm i'm curious so is that twra is it core army corps of engineer what what who actually runs the wetland area then well, the wetland area is it's monitored by TDEC, and, and because of the wildlife in there, then TWRA would, would be interested in it and uh, help with the management of uh, wildlife that, that's in there. It's a combination of things, but it, it, the city does have uh, an interest in that and watches over that, that land uh, to make sure that we comply with all the regulations and that wetland stays active and busy. And it's, it's a nice amenity because there is an educational feature to that. Uh, with the Discovery Center down there. And I, I know it gets confusing with TDEC. In fact, all over Tennessee, it can get confusing because there's a point system that's in place where if a city is going to develop one area, well, then they have to offset it and have, for wetland example, credits. wetland right here. Right. So it does get very confusing very quickly. It, it does. <laughs> we monitor our wetland credits closely uh, as we do roadway projects and uh, disturb some of the natural features for for water courses and um, um, water features we we have to have credits to replace that and we we maintain those pretty closely Um, we have we have other land that we've purchased over time and we've talked to people about buying it but we always try and hold on to the wetland part of that Again, with us this morning, Murphy's Bro City Manager, Craig Tyndall. And if you have any questions, call them in or text them in. Uh, we'd prefer text this morning. Text those questions in, 615-893-1450. And we'll get you on the air in just a second, or we'll get your question on the air in just a second. Again, text it, 615-893-1450. We're going to take that short break, and when we come back, we're going to learn more about the funds that were generated by the sale of Murfreesboro Electric, and that sale went through a couple of years ago, and the sale went to, I guess it was Middle Tennessee Electric, who actually purchased Murfreesboro Electric. But we'll talk about one of the first trust committee meetings that was held. Was that held last week? Uh, Last week. Last week. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And much more when we come back from this break. You're listening to WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. Again, a whole lot more to come your way next with City Manager Craig Tyndall. 
Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. We're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. MTE supplies power to the station's 328-foot tower in downtown Murfreesboro. Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat and I like eating steak where my wife will end up getting her salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves her salmon. It's one of those places that you can go, you can get pastas or chicken, you know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. We have a larger selection than any of the other big box stores. Much better prices, uh, selection is wonderful from keyboards, drums, guitars, ukuleles are big this year. We also have lighting. This is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. Come down and look around. We have what you need. Music World and Drummer's Den is located at 2762 South Church Street, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Better sleep can change your life. That's because sleep is a core pillar of health just like nutrition and exercise. So if you're not getting enough of it, ZQL invites you to take our Better Sleep to Better Health Challenge. Get weekly sleep tips and explore how ZQL, the world's number one sleep aid brand, can help you. ZQL's Better Sleep to Better Health Challenge. Visit ZQL.com. Find ZQL at Walmart or Walmart.com and start your journey to better sleep today. Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Cheryl Underwood, and I want to tell you something. My digestive system used to make me feel sluggish, but those days are over. Now I feel great. That's because I increased my fiber intake with the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge, and I'm still hooked. I just took Metamucil every day for 14 days, and it's really that easy. Metamucil traps and removes the waste that weighs you down, so you feel lighter and more energetic. Now I never want to go back to that heavy feeling. Are you ready for the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge? For a coupon and daily support, sign up at Metamucil.com today. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. right now is the time you're listening to WGNS, and we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Don't forget to download the MyMTE app in your app store. Middle Tennessee Electric supplying power to the, well, all of Rutherford County since 1936, and they've been serving to make life better since 1936. 
Middle Tennessee Electric. Again, time right now, 8.42. And speaking of Middle Tennessee Electric, they purchased Murphy's Bro Electric. What has it been, a year and a half ago, two years now? Uh, July 1st, 2020. 2020. So it's been a while now. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So with the funds that are being generated by that sale, because I know... They gave a lump sum up front, and then after that, they agreed to make annual payments, I believe, and then those are going to last for the next 15 or so years, adding up to a total of what, over $300 million? It's about $300 million, right. That, that, that's a big amount of money. That's, that's quite, a, quite a bit, and I think it would be highly beneficial for the city. Um, first of all, Middle Tennessee Electric, was able to uh, take over the operations of uh, the city's electric department, and they've done a really good job with that. I think it's been seamless, and it's worked really well. Um, and I, their, their communication with their customers is excellent, and the service they provided is excellent. I know we went through some hiccups <coughs> with uh, the weather that happened just recently, um, but uh, Middle Tennessee was working extremely hard on doing that. That was a uh, it was a generation issue, and we have to understand Middle Tennessee Electric and all of them in TVA, all the electric distributors in TVA don't generate power. They distribute power, and uh, it has to be generated somewhere. That's TVA's role, and so with the weather that, that happened, it was um, uh, an unusual event, and those kind of things are hard to plan for. They're hard to bill for because nobody wants to pay for the infrastructure it takes to handle an event like that that's that unusual. Uh, but uh, got past that and uh, uh, back on track, I think. Typically, we don't see below zero temperatures no. in places like Murfreesboro, Tennessee. But, no, we don't. But we did not too long ago. And, yeah, that was, uh, I, I guess, a TVA issue more than anything as far as, I, well, they're probably not used to it either. Right. Deciding what substations we need to shut down, where we need to send more power, where we need to send less. I mean, there's a lot that goes into play. There's there's a tremendous amount that goes into play. And, and uh, like I said, Middle Tennessee Electric, those folks did a great job and really trying to manage that situation. But, yeah, we did uh, sell the city's electric distribution system uh, to Middle Tennessee in, in July of, of um uh, 2022 uh, we closed on it they made a couple payments since then and so the funds the city has held while well, we created a uh, trust worked with the uh, comptroller's office of the state uh, created a, um, a trust which is a unit of the city a component what's called a component unit of the city I won't bore you with all the accounting mostly because I don't understand it all but um, it's a, a, a component unit of the city and so the funds will be transferred to the trust. And the reason it's transferred to the trust is that the trust will be allowed to invest it uh, differently than the city would. The city's funds are, are very restricted in what we can invest in, uh, very safe, very safe government uh, securities. So they, they don't produce a lot of interest, um, which is fine because the money we collect, we generally spend, and we don't hold it for a long period of time. This, these funds are intended to serve uh, the community for uh, decades. And so the funds will be held over time, and they should be invested appropriately. And that's that's the purpose of creating the trust. I know something similar was, for example, what was it, the uh, the Christie Houston Foundation right. that was set up years ago with the sale, I guess, of the original hospital. The hospital, right. And that money was put into different investments where it still sits today. And then uh, those who are over that trust, they're able to give – 
payments to different organizations, nonprofits, maybe to build, maybe to start a new program. But the payments they give to these organizations are based solely on the interest that that initial investment, you know, whatever was made, was made. And they're paying off the interest. So is that what's going to happen with this money once the city continues to build it up or is finished getting all the payments? Uh, more or less, yes. Uh, there's different missions that the two trusts have. I think the, the, some of them overlap a little bit. But uh, Christy Houston Foundation has been a huge benefit to the to the city, I, I don't want to get their numbers wrong, but I think they've they've uh, I don't want to sell them short or oversell <laughs> what they've done, but they've done a tremendous amount. I think it's around 150 million dollars that they've put out uh, over the years, and don't quote me on that, but it's it's a huge number that they've been able to contribute to the community in in different uh, respects, and their focus is on on a few different things: the community investment trust, which is what uh, was set up out of the sale of the electric department. Uh, will uh, distribute a percentage of its assets every year. Uh, 85% of that will go back to the city in funding projects, mostly capital improvement projects such as roadways and and, um, and different types of uh, improvements that we need at parks, Um, you know, the the long-term type of situation. Some will go to the general fund, which helps uh, the city's operating or pays off on the debt that they do finance. And then... uh, 15% 15% of annually what's distributed out of the trust will help uh, what we call our strategic partners, charitable organizations that uh, work in the community, things that are focused on education, youth health, um, different different types of aspects that uh, are traditionally funded by the city. And, you know, as a citizen on the outside looking in, the thing that makes things like this so cool so unique so different so positive is that the money is basically going to sit in this in this pot in this savings account or investment account if Mm -hmm. you would and gain interest every single year and of course as that money grows and you're paying nonprofits different portions of that interest that you're gaining that initial lump sum still remains which means it is going to be there for years and years to come for project after project that's going to benefit the residents right here over the next 20 years depending on there's a lot of assumptions you have to make when you're talking about sure 20 years uh but in the next 20 years it's it's highly possible the the trust fund itself could uh, reach a balance with middle tennessee's continued payments over that period of time of about um, $250 million, and that's after distributing over $150 million, $180-some-odd million uh, to the different different avenues that, I, that I've talked about. So it, it, uh, the, the, the multiplying effect of that is, is important, um, and it, it's, a huge, it's a huge benefit. There's not a lot of communities that have that type of situation. One of the reasons this takes a while to set it up is because there aren't very many of these, and yeah. so we are— uh, dealing in some territory that um, that we need to make sure that we've covered all of our bases with the comptroller, with the IRS, with um, uh, different accounting, uh, the accounting that we have to do, uh, different aspects to putting this all together that, um, that don't arise very uh, very often. Um, Christy Houston was a different sort of situation. There was a situation with the county, and I'm I'm blanking right now on the county. I think it was in East Tennessee that sold. A hospital it happened to be another hospital that sold it off and it was a county that created a trust so it's been done before um we just have to 
uh, kind of blaze a trail here that is new for us, but we're, we're putting it together. We met, as you said, last Wednesday. That was the initial board, uh, board of trustees meeting. Um, these are individuals that have a lot of financial knowledge, a lot of experience. Uh, they've come together to help manage this trust over the next several years, and so we're very very pleased to have them on board. So at that first trust meeting where you had the committee join together and, and, and I guess just talk and uh, make those initial introductions, throw out different ideas, were any ideas tossed around yet on, you know, here's how we should be using this or here's what we maybe should do with this? Well, an, an initial meeting of, of this type of situation is probably a lot less interesting <laughs> than what you just suggested. Yeah. So there, there's, a, there's a bit of a process to put it together, you know, adopting bylaws and, uh, well, signing the trust, adopting bylaws, setting up the structure, um, uh, understanding the, the financial aspects will be coming in. The, the, the trust will be funded with about $41 million, a little over $41 million. Uh, and then there's a process that um, uh, fortunately we have uh, on the on our board the benefit of Ann Davis, who is executive director at Christie Houston, and they've gone through uh, a process of how best to manage a trust that that, that uh, assists the community and uh, hire the right advisors. And so we have uh, some really good insight along those lines and experience along those lines. So it'll take a while to get this all set up to hire the right people to do, to, to put the advisors into place, and uh, we're working towards that right now. Well, while typically we are a right here, right now, I want to see yesterday type of a world. <laughs> it, it's hard to slow down at times to to say, you know, hey, we can wait a while for this. You know, there's big things to come. Let's make sure we get it right when we're setting it up the first time around? Well, the, 40, the $41 million is a portion of the money that's been received. Uh, there is a portion of the money that right now is allocated by council before it goes into trust it will, that, that will be allocated for road projects and uh, for parks projects, including a park on the, on the west side of, of uh, the interstate um, and for some general fund usage. So, uh, there is a, an immediate effect to it that's that'll be beneficial in the next budget year, uh, in addition to the longer term planning that the, the board of trustees will take care of. And, and there is, you know, outside of that, outside of the road projects, there's so much happening here in our own backyard in the city of Murfreesboro. And one of the things that is happening on the other side of the downtown Murfreesboro Square you've got another big project going on and that is the location of where first united methodist church mm -hmm. once stood and they are building apartments condominium space office retail restaurant space where does all that stand because i know there was a slight pause in plans because of the economy um well there there was a pause a little bit of a pause because of the the pandemic and all the uncertainty that, that created and a little bit of restructuring of the plans because of the effects that that had in the in the financial markets um kind of got back on track a little bit last year and now we're facing some different economic situations so there's been a few things that have that have affected that project from a timing standpoint um, these type of projects, they're, they're complicated. They're complicated to put together from a design standpoint, from uh, an infrastructure standpoint, and a financing standpoint. So they do take a little longer than your normal 
uh, development of, of a single building, which can take a couple of years. Uh, if you add the complexity of a mixed-use development, it takes it takes a bit more time. Um, you know, would would we at, at the the city like to see it go faster? Absolutely, and um, you know, we we push as hard as we can to to make it uh, move move right along. Uh, we have that project, and we have a project that we've been talking and, and we've had workshops on um, that uh, is behind City Hall, um, off of Broad, that along alongside Broad Street and the older buildings that we have. As a matter of fact, we've, we've the city has purchased existing buildings now, and re, and we'll recondition those to move the department so we can uh, uh, get out of the older buildings back here. They're really well past their useful life, and so um, uh, the departments will be. A lot more efficient when they get into the new buildings and then we can um, uh, clear out the space here for development including where we're sitting right now uh, that's that's in the plans and we're still talking with a, a developer um, about those and we'll make a proposal to council hopefully in the next few months uh, on how that might that might occur and again with us this morning city manager for murfreesboro craig tyndall and where we're standing right now where we're sitting right now at wgns this whole block is one day going to be condominium space, retail, office, restaurant space, hotel, hotel space, all of it, and, and I believe another parking garage as well. Well, a garage to handle the, that. The project that we're talking about here will park itself. Uh, so you'll have the City Hall parking garage, which serves downtown and the, and the businesses downtown. It's it's was built to, to do that uh, larger than it needed to be just for the buildings themselves that sit above it. Um, so they have that garage as public parking and then the development here will park itself. Um, and, but, but yes, it's, it's a, uh, it's, the plans are, are exciting. Um, we, we don't have hotel space downtown and close to the university even, uh, and there's a need for that. And the market has recognized that now a couple of times. Um, we just need to be able to, to get the, uh, financing in place and, and, uh, move forward and, and get those built. I think one underlying concern that I've heard a lot of people say or ask about is that of for the apartments are mm -hmm. these going to be apartments where you're going to have folks moving in who are in their early 20s and having parties all the time or are <laughs> these apartments going to be at the price level that typically the person who can afford them would be those in management or business ownership positions and they're probably going to be a lot more expensive than your typical college apartment. Well, it's a mix. There'll be some owner-occupied condominium type of units, what we traditionally think is condominium type of units. Uh, there'll be some apartments. The market right now across the country and in most places uh, is really trending towards uh, demand for, for rental housing. Um, and you, you see that in a lot of different places. And we can only deny a market so much uh, before you really start to hurt yourselves. And so we have to recognize that the price point on a mixed-use development like that that's necessary to pay back the developer and pay back the banks and everyone else who has an interest in it will we'll make those uh, – they, they, let's just say they won't be uh, student housing. They'll be uh, uh, at a price point that's necessary to, to accommodate all that type of financial arrangements that, that's made to develop that, and so they'll be on the higher end of the market. You know, you look at some, some other cities, some other places, like, for example, in areas of Colorado, you've got 
some cities that are really nice, top-notch. You've got areas of Phoenix, for example, top-notch, where apartments, are, and we're talking, you know, studio apartments, are renting out for twelve, thirteen hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a one-room apartment with barely a bedroom and a kitchen that's shared with the living room but they're 13 or so hundred dollars a month is that going to eventually be murfreesboro uh i don't know uh that's uh there's a lot of variables that go into what type of demand there is in any particular market i think you'll see some type of activity along those lines Generally, what you're talking about there is where they are. They do have a workforce that is relatively well-paid and relatively uh, young so that they can live in a space like that and um, utilize the amenities that are around them as opposed to having them in a house because it's all you know shared amenities with uh, rec centers and pools and um, community rooms and things like that. Uh, well, will, will Murfreesboro be that in that type of employer? We'll, we'll have to see over the next period of time. It's not that right now. I don't think you'll see uh, that type of demand. But you will see one and two bedroom apartments in Murfreesboro, um, whose price point right now is is pretty pretty significant. When you talk about some of the developments on along Medical Center, which are nice and they're highly amenitized, and it's a, it's the demand right now is is kind of an inverse bell curve where you have a high demand for for young. Then it dips through uh, the toward the middle years, and then it goes back up when you're talking about individuals on the upper uh, range, uh, like me, who um, you know don't want to have a half acre, a yard, a big house to take care of, and they're looking for uh, an apartment that's highly amenitized and they can lock up and travel and don't have to worry about things. Yeah, of course, here in Murfreesboro, we're already looking at two-bedroom apartments that are around... Uh, easily fourteen hundred dollars to sixteen hundred dollars oh, a yeah, month. Easily, yeah. Uh, and of course, these are nice apartments. And as interest rates go up for the mortgage industry, that means apartment prices, just like homeowners, are going to have to pay more because there's companies out there that have some of these apartment complexes finance, yeah. and they pass that you know extra payment along to their residents. Yeah, they they, they do. Uh, the the finance the financing and the financial aspects of that are a little. A little bit different, and and what's interesting was you saw the demand for uh, rental housing, apartment units, multifamily, nicely amenitized apartments, going up even when interest rates were down, very very low. Uh, the demand for that, for that grew, and it was a lifestyle choice that people were making, uh, who just wanted that, that type of living space. Yeah, we're going to see a lot more changes in the years to come for sure. Yeah. Again, City Manager Craig Tyndall has been on the air as our guest this morning in studio. And as always, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you back on the air soon. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Time right now, 9 o'clock. And local news comes your way next with WGNS's Ron Jordan. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard.
capstarbank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender.